0: We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. So February, the month of love, the month of romance, however, I'm just going to put it out there that we are doing self-love. The month of self-love, self-care, us first. It all starts with you. So I'm very excited. First of all, love the name we have with us, Tilly Storm. Tilly is a holistic sex and intimacy coach. Yes, ladies, you're welcome. And maybe some gentlemen will also thank us. Again, you're welcome. Don't even have to. And she's also the host of the multi-orgasmic millionaire podcast. And she obviously has some episodes under her belt because she's been talking about that since 2017. And I don't know about anybody else. And I sure, I'm sure we have these conversations amongst our friends or whatever, but anytime you lead with multi-orgasmic I want to know more. I don't know about anybody else. So they're shaking their heads. They're not going to admit it openly, but they're shaking their heads. So I want to find out more about Tilly and, again, what we can do together as couples on our own to really ramp it up. So with that, I say welcome, Tilly, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. (laughs) So I always start with, tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, well, to start out
1: late, because you often need like a little ram up into what I actually do. (laughs) So I am a mom of two, I have uh, 12 and 15 year old boys, and I spend my time uh, mostly in Hollywood, Florida, and going to the beach all the time. We love surfing, so we travel a lot. I actually did a year of world schooling with my children during the pandemic, so we had a lot of fun, explored many places. We spent a lot of time in Costa Rica, Mexico, and mm. I have been working as a sex coach since 2017. I went and did a full tram, fully certified, trained mm-hmm. professional sex coach, so mm-hmm. I'm not just a like DIYer.
0: <laughs> I learned it on YouTube, and let's do it this way. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's, there's a lot of interesting things going on in the coaching industry right now, but I'm actually a professional.
0: So yes, Mm -hmm. a lot of people always ask how I got into it. You took the word, you saw my mouth opening. I'm like, and we have to start there. Cause do you just, again, wake up one day and be like, this is what I've been looking for. Like something comes across your feed similar to like why I have this podcast because I knew I wanted to have a podcast I had no idea what it even entailed and I guess it heard my kids talking to me the old mm-hmm. thanks AI thank you Alexa, thank you Siri thank you everybody who just then put the feed and the ad right in front of me and I'm like, well, I'll listen to the call well, okay it's eight weeks and yeah and going on our third year. crazy. Wow! Well, congratulations.
1: Yeah, Thank I've been the you. long-term podcasting game myself. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. There's, you know, what there's as many people that have a podcast and start a podcast, and then when you start measuring it in length of either years or consistency and or you know just the number of episodes, it does definitely dwindle down a little. And and I get it. I definitely do, but it's. Um, I know for me, it's so much more than I ever thought it would be.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: <laughs> so it's 2017. Yeah. What happens?
1: Well, I actually did wake up one day and I was like, yep, that's what I'm here to do with my life. But it wasn't when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I actually grew up Southern Baptist in mm-hmm. South Louisiana. I'm from the New Orleans area. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of body... Embarrassment, shyness, shame, all of that stuff. When I was in my 20s, I met my kids' dad when I was 18 and we got married when I was 20. So I was really young when I had them. And it wasn't till years later, till I was about 27, that I started to really question what I'd been taught about sex and pleasure and the body mm-hmm. and all this stuff. My birth experience was really what started it. I actually opted for a free birth, which means that I had my baby at home without a midwife. And it was the most amazing experience of my life. But it was also something that I just kind of like knew I had to do is my own tuition. That was like I had been to school to be an OBGYN. And I'd seen tons of C-sections, I'd seen so many epidural births, and I saw what was happening in the childbirth industry, and I knew I didn't want it for myself. So I ended up having a completely different experience. It was one of the most empowering, catalytic experiences of my life because it made me question everything about how I was raised Who I was taught to be, about my body, and what our desires and trusting our intuition and our inner knowing, all of that stuff. So,
0: (laughs) and really what our bodies are here for you know i think in some i'll say religions catholic raised here but yeah i mean why do you get married you know to reproduce and that's it you know like there's no orgasm what the hell is that no you're just uh lay back and uh and enjoy question mark no oh. yeah that is very interesting but there was a lot said in that rebirth thing okay so you have some medical experience. It's not as though it would be me saying who has zero. I can't pronounce medicine names. Thank God I'm not on any. <laughs> um, that would be like me saying I think I'm gonna do this on my own. <laughs> uh, like that would never come out of my mouth. But you witness a lot of different things and made a very conscious decision. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was having I knew a lot about childbirth, a lot, a lot, and I knew mm-hmm. that it was actually safer to have your baby at home than it is to have your baby in a hospital, especially Mm -hmm. as a first time mom being as young as I was. So I knew my body was designed to do it. And, you know, I don't want to spend too much of our time talking about all that, but Mm -hmm. it was like the catalytic thing that had me question everything about, well, who is pleasure for, because it was a very pleasurable experience for me. Like, is that what you were just saying about why we get married? Like just, yeah. man yeah, just to have obligatory sex and to reproduce you know that was the conditioning that just crumbled to the ground after mm-hmm.
0: I was born so I, you had an awakening maybe as part of that little afterbirth thing something got liberated
1: yeah for sure <laughs> well i didn't know who i was at the time but i knew i wasn't who i was raised to be and I, knew I didn't believe all the things that i was raised to believe in that i was definitely the black sheep of the family you know <laughs>
0: I, well, yeah, I mean, how does how does that fit mm-hmm. into, obviously, yes, the family dynamic? And people do change, and we change throughout our years. And obviously, I'm, I'm older than you, and I'm certainly not the person. I was a mother in my 20s. I'm certainly not that young lady anymore as my grandma now and things like that. And when you're in your life with a partner, you change and evolve probably at, Different times and at different speeds. So you have this awakening Mm -hmm. on the heels of becoming a a first time mother. How does that play into then your personal relationship?
1: Yeah. Well, I very much grew a lot and I had been to college. You know, I was going to get a master's degree at the time and something totally unrelated to what I do
0: (laughs) now. Usually is. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: my kid's dad, you know, he was not growing with me and mm-hmm. that relationship expired. I was mm-hmm. on a completely different trajectory than he was. And then I found my second long-term partner and it was with him that I really recognized that I had some blocks to my own pleasure and my own sexual experience. I could only orgasm in one way.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: It felt very limiting to my experience. I remember being 27 and thinking, oh, my God, is this really all there is to sex? Because,
0: you know, what, what are they all talking about?
1: Exactly. And at the time, I was also working in a birth center and noticing that a lot of women were struggling with their sex lives after having children. -hmm. And I had already begun my own journey into reclaiming my sexuality, undoing that conditioning around like, oh, the body's not to be trusted. You know, oh, you're
0: a mother now. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It really does. I mean, and it's a huge identity change from a level of feeling confident, feeling sexy, feeling like, come on, let's let's have a a quickie here. I know I was real. I, I. was like, oh, I'm a mother now. Like that just kind of trumped everything and took the fun factor out of it for a while until I kind of figured it out. So you're starting to recognize and question and curiosity is, I mean, just the greatest teacher, I think, known to mankind. You're just questioning and, you know, where you're working, you're seeing that you're not alone. Validation always works well for us. And you mm-hmm. must then, with your curiosity, and I'm I don't know, know the story, just start then learning, researching, asking questions. How does your process start? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bought some books
1: on female ejaculation. And I have no idea why I picked that book, to be honest. Mm-hmm so random, but it was when Amazon first became a thing. And I was like too embarrassed to buy a book about sex from a bookstore. Or so <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I just have it come in the mail.
1: Yeah. I bought a random book on sex and I started reading it and I had no idea what the woman was talking about. And she was talking about all of these tantric concepts and how slow sex and like how to slow down and feel what's in your body and wake up your sexual energy. And it was like, all of these words was like, I have no idea what Mm -hmm. she's talking about. Why don't I know (laughs) anything?
0: Even the title of the book, you know, if we just took a survey and how many women actually know that there is such a thing as female ejaculation. Yeah, there is.
1: Yeah, and I did not struggle with a lack of desire for sex, which is what I was seeing in all of our clients at the birth center is that mm-hmm. they were really disinterested in having a sexual relationship. Most of them, not all of them, mm-hmm. but I would say about a good 70-75% of them were like not interested in sex whatsoever. I never struggled with that personally, but my thing was that I felt so awkward in my body trying anything new sexually was like pulling teeth. Like I did not want to do it because I felt so uncomfortable. Everything felt so inauthentic. I didn't know what felt really authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't understand sex and like who I am as a sexual person.
0: <laughs> or how or how it was supposed to feel. Like, no, oh, I don't know. Is this it? Am I, am I coming now? Or what <laughs> is that? It feels nice. Is it supposed to feel nice? Or is it supposed to be like, holy shit, don't move, don't stop you know, which one is it? (laughs) Right.
1: So all of that curiosity around my own thing, you know, that's when I started picking up some books and I had heard the word Tantra and I was like, huh, this sounds really interesting. I'm interested in this." So I was then served an ad on Facebook. This was now mind you, this was in 2015. It was an ebook called wild woman in the bedroom. And I remember thinking, Oh, that book, Great. Yes. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking to learn about my sexuality because none of it makes any sense to me. And I got this book and it was a book by my first teacher, my first Tantra teacher. Ah. I book, and she was talking about how to really free yourself in the bedroom, how to feel confident and sexy and powerful and like, you could really own your sexuality. I was like, oh, these are the things that I'm looking for that I have no idea how to get to. And uh, I ended up signing up for a course with her on the Jade Egg practice. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time going into that either. but And some
0: people may have never. I've heard of it. That's all I've done. I haven't even, as a matter of fact, when I was reading your techniques on your, on your website, that's probably the most information I had. I'm definitely aware that it's there, but quickly, jade egg. Practice. Yes. Okay. Practice. Okay. Yeah. So you, you start with a jade egg.
1: Yeah, exactly. I had such a hard time doing it. I what is the jade egg? Well, it's actually like an egg shaped stone that you put up your pussy and you do different squeezes and releases and breath work practices with it. And I only was interested in it because one of the benefits to doing the practice was that it would help you release guilt and shame around your body and sexuality. Mm. Yeah, I have a lot of that. And I think that's why I am blocked.
0: <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: so I was like, okay, well, I'm willing to give this thing a try and see what mm-hmm. happens. You know, I know that the way I was raised is really a, a, partly why I feel so awkward trying anything new sexual or trying anything that wasn't completely vanilla sex. Mm-hmm. And I started the practice. It took me 10 times of trying to insert the jade egg. And my own Mm -hmm. pussy before I could do it without wanting to vomit. So (laughs) it was not just like, oh, oh. it was not easy for me. I had so much shame and disgust Mm -hmm. around my own body. Mm -hmm. I could witness women having birth all day, every day and have no problems with their bodies. But when it came to like how I felt about my own, I was so uncomfortable And starting the JDAG practice was really pushing past a lot of resistance Mm. because I'm one of those people like when I hit something that really triggers me, I'm like, oh, I got to go there.
0: (laughs) Well, you buy a book and then you get, you know, then you take her course. Like, what are those odds of... You know, that really worked out well for you. Not just I read the random book and then took a course with someone else. No, I learned from the author. And then is it true, this is just my very limited knowledge of the jade egg, that it's also doing that and inserting when you're pressing or doing some exercises, that also is good for building up your pelvic wall muscle so that as we get older, we can laugh without peeing and things and all those fun things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's, you probably have heard of Kegel exercises. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. So Kegel
1: exercises are a very, very, very basic bitch. I mm-hmm. excuse my language, but they're very basic. And they were also designed by a man. Mm-hmm. And this man, he was an OBGYN and he thought, well, women definitely have problems with incontinence and all of these things. And he recognized that pelvic floor strength and tone, not having a tight pussy. Okay. Let's get out of that whole thing. I have a whole thing about that. We don't Mm -hmm. want tight pussies. We want tone and strong ones. So he kind of made the correlation that when women do gaggle exercises, then they don't have as many problems with incontinence and things like that. Mm-hmm. It can also enhance your sexual experience. So, this is a very basic exercise that you can do. But it's also like saying when you do Kegel exercises that if you want to tone in strong biceps and have guns in your arms mm-hmm. that you contract your entire arm and not just do bicep curls, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. there's actually 16 different muscle groups in your pelvic floor. And when you're saying to do Kegel exercises, you squeeze everything that's not effective for creating tone and dexterity and strength in your pelvic floor and the way that it could be. Now, I'm not saying Kegel exercises aren't effective. They are, but there's just so much more we can do down there. So the JDEG is definitely a practice that helps you to create dexterity in your vaginal muscles and helps you able to feel more. So a lot of us raised with, you know, a lot of, pleasure, negative conditioning, like I did, we're so disconnected from our body. There's so many women Mm -hmm. I work with that don't feel anything. They feel completely numb or they're completely disconnected from their pelvis and their sexuality. And when they have sex with a partner, it's just all in their head. They can't get the laundry list out of their head. You know, it's what's
0: next as soon as she's done. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the jade egg really is the practice that helps you to create more sensate focus of like connecting you, your body and your mind back together that like mm-hmm. I actually focus on my sexual center, then I'm showing my brain, okay, it's safe. Cause I'm doing this alone. I'm not going to hurt myself. You know, you're showing yourself it's safe and that it's important so hmm. if it's something that I'm spending 10 minutes doing three times a week, well, this is an important part of my life and therefore it's safe. It's important to focus on and yeah, let's see what might happen with us. So when I started the J D E G practice, it was very much a huge shift.
0: <laughs> and I was, I, clearly to say, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was a two months of doing the practice regularly it's like yoga for your agenda. Again, it's just doing different squeezes, releases, and mm-hmm. practices, meditation sort of thing with it. And two months after starting the practice, I woke up one morning feeling that this huge cloud of negativity, of shame, of guilt, it was just like a weight off of my shoulders. I felt like a completely mm. different person. And right when that happened, I became multi-orgasmic. I just didn't care anymore about what I looked like. I was just like, oh my God, I can wake up. I can have five orgasms in one sexual experience. And I was having different types of orgasms other than just clitoral ones. Mm -hmm. I felt so turned on and alive in my body. It was night and day difference. And I was like, holy cow, there's something to this. (laughs)
0: So, so basic jade egg, are they all one uniform size? No, they come in three different sizes usually,
1: but you only need one. I only sell the medium size one on my site because that's the one that will help the most of women. You only use the big one if you're immediate postpartum and you only use the small one if you are a super advanced practitioner. Because the JDEG, you're not meant to feel it anyway. So, you using a bigger one or smaller one is not gonna help you be able to feel it better or any of mm-hmm. that nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's okay. totally unnecessary. So, you only need the medium size one for most people. And you get started with it, you do the practice regularly, and there's a lot that happens. <laughs> there's a, a lot that you can clear mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. your conditioning about pleasure who pleasure is for, and it can also help you to have more amazing orgasms, all these sorts of things. Yeah.
0: I do find it interesting that a lot of women don't reach orgasm or aren't multi-orgasmic. And, and I wonder like, Oh, I just thought everybody was and can, and but there is so much that holds people back. And you don't know. And you know, again, it's if you're sitting around having a couple of drinks with your girl tribe, and the convo might come up. But a lot of times it doesn't, yeah.
1: there's a lot there about fifteen to twenty percent of women don't have orgasms at all. And I don't know the statistics on multiple orgasms because.
0: Mm-hmm, I forget,
1: mm-hmm. But I would say probably about 80-85 percent. And that's just totally anecdotal from people, you know, I've talked with over 800 people on calls and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I hear a lot. (laughs) There ain't nothing I haven't heard yet. But yeah, I would say that most people are not multi-orgasmic and they don't know what's even possible for them. So if you're sitting here Mm. like, oh yeah, you know, I've never really questioned how I relate to my sexuality or how I feel about being a sexual woman, then chances are you probably don't even have a basic pleasure education and it's not your fault no one got it right.
0: yeah i think everything just you know depended upon what partner you were with and what perhaps his ability or her ability was at the time yeah luck of the draw or you know you can only watch so much and perhaps learn from what you see on a movie screen or a tv screen but still it's it's trial and error
1: yeah it's really tough for a lot of women to know what they want and like I've had so many clients who have been together with their partner since they were in high school and they've Mm -hmm. never been with another sexual partner. So a lot of times they're really curious and they don't know. Maybe they found a formula that worked and after 10, 20, 30 years, the formula begins to not work anymore. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't know what else to do. (laughs) So it's really common.
0: (laughs) And then they come a knocking. So your clients... They can be uh, singles, mostly women, or are you a 50, 50, 60, 40 women to men or?
1: Yeah, I mostly work with women. I do have a men's Mm -hmm.
0: program and
1: -hmm. a lot of my male clients come from my female clients. Mm -hmm. Partners are really interested in what I have to offer them. So I don't really advertise to men or anything, but I do have a men's how to sexually please a woman training And I actually made it recently because...
0: Do you you not think that should just be mandatory? God damn it. I mean, guys, (laughs) stop talking amongst yourselves. Talk. Take it from a woman. She'll tell you what she needs.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all of it goes back to, you know, if you're really... I kind of break it up into if you look at your sexuality in these three different stages, it'll start to make sense. So most of us are in this stage of reclaiming our sexuality. We grew up in such a pleasure negative culture
0: mm-hmm. that we're
1: mm-hmm. completely obsessed with sex, but at the same time, you can only do it now. And it's only when you're married and it's only dirty ten.
0: little secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's, it's interesting because we're completely obsessed and yet we shame a lot of it too. So we are all mostly in this phase of just trying to work out And ourselves, who we are as sexual people, without shame and guilt and fear around it, or fear of like asking for what you actually want. Uh, I mean, I have so many men that write me like, "How can I get my wife to do these things?" Like,
0: (laughs) how Mm -hmm. can I get this partner? Like, and they don't have the conversation. It can be as easy as having the conversation, or just have a like, "Hey, you know what would be fun?" I was thinking that Mm -hmm. we could do this okay, it's, you know, but they won't even go there.
1: Yeah. And sometimes they do, but the problem is that they just have no idea how to have effective and easy, successful talk about sex because it Mm -hmm. is super, super vulnerable conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And if you get knocked down once, it's unlikely that you're going to be open to really having a meaningful conversation about it. If someone's feelings were hurt or they didn't feel that they were fully understood there's just so many ways that talking about sex can go wrong
0: (laughs) and most very true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And a lot of you listening are probably thinking, yeah, I get that. Especially if you've been in a relationship for over five years, like there's Mm -hmm. definitely a lot of room for a margin of error and being able to have fun, easy and successful talk about sex. So yeah, it can easily go wrong and that will shut a lot of people down from even trying again. So Yeah. Most of us are in the stage of trying to even figure out who we are as sexual creatures without the fear, shame, guilt. And how can we even speak what we want and desire and actually get it? And this Mm -hmm. is what I call like the sexual reclamation phase. We don't really understand our bodies as women. Men don't understand our bodies because all they got taught was what's on Hollywood, which Mm -hmm. mostly is not how women's bodies operate and what they see. on Insert
0: here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. is mostly all fake anyway
1: <laughs> and yeah, it's all so limited. Once we get past reclaiming sexuality and feeling mm-hmm. good in it and feeling like oh, I'm actually in love with my sexuality that I can actually own that and feel good and empowered in it and not mm-hmm. feel like this huge source of fear or shame that's what sexual reclamation is about. And then we get into expansion. That's the second phase of our sexuality, which is like expanding what's even possible for two people to experience sexually together or just alone. So that's becoming multi-orgasmic, being able to have orgasms in different ways, like exploring power play together, exploring tantric sex together, exploring new things. It's just all about exploring, being curious about what else is possible. Mm -hmm. And then we have the sexual mastery phase, which is like learning what else you can even do with your sexual energy. And this comes a lot from Tantra, how you can use your sexual energy to manifest, how you can use your sexual energy to heal your body. There are so many different ways that we can actually use our sexuality other than get off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, first, let's just focus on reclaiming.
0: Right. Let's just, yeah, let's have an orgasm or two. And then by the way wait till you really see you know, what this body of, of yours can do. And it's interesting, I think, if people listening or even if they gave it some time to think about when the partner does uh, broach a new topic, the amount of vulnerability that it comes with, you might shut down right away because you're like, what the hell are you even talking? Get away from me. What are you even talking about? But if you really step back, And think about how much courage that took, regardless of how long the couple has been together.
1: Yeah, for sure. The talk becomes more challenging the longer you've been in a relationship, actually. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people are addicted to that new relationship energy because it's easy to talk Mm -hmm. about things and be spontaneous because you've got your brain on a whole different set of chemicals going on that has you bonding for a reason. And then after the first year to year and a half, when you've been in a relationship, then things actually get a little challenging. And what happens over long-term relationships is like, we've put a fence around what feels safe to do, to talk about, to try sexually. And that fence, the longer we are in a relationship, it actually gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you're in a sexless marriage or until you haven't had a conversation about it in 10 years. And I've worked with people in 30-year relationships who... Have haven't talked about sex in a decade, literally. So it can get really bad. And unless you are like actively working on your relationship or your sexuality together, that's generally what tends to happen, not for everyone. But for Mm -hmm. most people, unless you're actively working on expanding that fence of what feels safe, that's just what happens in long-term relationships. And that's why we have all of these movements about open relationships. And that's totally fine for some people, but it's not the solution to anyone's primary partner. So, yeah. It,
0: It is interesting that people are okay without having sex. And that, to me, again mind-blowing or if they are in a relationship for a while and eventually like before you know it they're in separate beds because who snores and who and i'm like that's never good you know intimacy is just that for a minute a day a hundred years it does it doesn't really change or get old yeah it's definitely one of
1: the most amazing parts about being alive is being able mm-hmm. to hear the most vulnerable parts of ourselves with another human. That's what we all want to be able to Mm -hmm. do down, but we have a lot of blocks to it. Yeah. But
0: if they seek you out and learn some uh, tricks of the trade, they can then start to definitely overcome. So someone's listening to this. They're a little curious. They're going to check you out. I'm a solo, I'm a female. So I'm going to say, all right, Tilly, what do you got for me? You know, I, I think I want to learn a little more about me. What steps is it? Um, is it a one-on-one course? What do we learn? Yeah. So you go
1: download my five days to epic sex and pleasure for high achieving women training. I work with women who are mostly very successful in all areas of their life, but this. And I like working with mm. women in that stage because then they can really focus on it. It's not of concern about time or money and investing in this area of their life. And they can really actually focus on doing the work and not worrying about all of the other things. So high achieving women, meaning like you've figured your shit out. You've had a fantastic career already. You're excelling in all areas. You've got all the awards and the accolades. And now let's, you've probably sacrificed a lot to get there and your relationship being one of them. So mm-hmm. that's my ideal person to work with. And that's where I find that I do the best and get the most amazing results for clients is when people come to me who are kind of that type of person, put it on a back burner for a long time. So they're wanting to get that back. When you start to reclaim your sexuality, so you're in that first stage, Mm -hmm.
0: you're like, I've
1: never really dug into my sexuality before. It's kind of the last frontier. I've done maybe some personal growth and development stuff before, but sex no, (laughs) I've never been there. It's best to do on your own. So I don't ever work with couples until I've worked with singles first.
0: Singles if, of a couple. Yeah, so individuals. I come to you, we're going to work together, then I can bring my partner in. Exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah, so my main program for women is called Sex Goddess, Five Months to Total Freedom in the Bedroom. And that program is designed exactly like that. So we're, I'm working with just you, one-on-one for about the first half of the five months, about two to three months. And then once you've gotten some big breakthroughs around your own sexual blocks and hangups, then we bring in your partner because you're going to start noticing that the what's happened inside of you, you're starting to show up differently in your relationship. You're probably starting to initiate sex more, or it, maybe you didn't have a problem with that, but you're starting to experience more pleasure in sex you're having different orgasms, different ways, more of them. Then we bring in your partner and then we start to um, bring him
0: up to speed a little or bring her up to speed. Yeah.
1: To integrate the change that you've experienced yourself in your relationship. So that's how I work with people because working with, Two people's junk around their sex right up front is a disaster. Trust me, I tried it and yeah. it's so much. It's, it's
0: another part. It's another kind of therapy and it's not <laughs> sex therapy at all. It's
1: it's so much work. And there's not a walking human on the planet that doesn't have their own hangups around this stuff. So to take mm-hmm. two people's conditioning and little T and big T traumas and trying to deal with them both at the same time together, it's so much So that's why we work with individuals first. And, you know, if you have a partner, you certainly don't have to have one to work with me. But if you have one, then we bring in the partner at the end.
0: I like it. It makes sense. Tell me about the podcast um, that I definitely am subscribing to. The name of it again is?
1: The Multi-Orgasmic Millionaire.
0: And what are some things you talk about there?
1: Well, I will preface this with saying, I speak with a lot of people who have done a lot of work on themselves. So
0: this is not
1: a surface level sexual empowerment.
0: Not for the faint of heart. No, No. there are tons of
1: those. To be honest with you, about half of my clientele are therapists or Mm -hmm. other coaches Mm -hmm. or really high level business coaches, things like that. They have done a lot of work on themselves. So you're going to find that my podcast is not like service level anything. I go really deep. So a lot of it, what we're covering on it is obvious issues like mismatched mm-hmm. libidos, uh, lack of energy, feeling too tired, or why does this even matter? Like these sorts of things, but I'm approaching them from very much a somatic perspective. I work at the nervous system level. So I go down to the root, right off the Mm -hmm. mat. I don't deal with any of that other stuff. That's tips, tricks, and techniques. That ain't me. If you want that, there's a bazillion other podcasts for that. But people that I work with have already tried all those things and they want like the real empowerment. Mm -hmm. like Getting down
0: to the root of the matter. All right. Where are we going to find you on social? Let's start there. You're on Instagram. Yeah. I only
1: have Instagram and I don't post on social media a lot. Podcasts are my jam. So if you really okay.
0: follow me, you need to go on podcast. my
1: podcast. Yeah. Get on my email list. That means go to the website and any of the freebies that you might put in the show notes and you'll be on my email list. Cause you got to put in your name and email to get on them. I email a lot. So uh, that's how I stay in touch with people. Cause I have been blocked, banned and deleted from I think uh eight or nine social media channels five on Facebook so two on Instagram and a couple on LinkedIn so <laughs> they don't like us sex coaches but I, I do she didn't still, make
0: the cut one day okay
1: yeah um I do So interesting Instagram it's at tilly.storm but I hardly ever post so get mm-hmm. on my email list okay
0: email list we'll we'll have the website we'll have the podcast Again, this is the beginning of February. This is the month of love, but it has to be the self-love and really take such a great look at yourself. And if you're not feeling it, this girl just said it doesn't have to be like that. There is a shitload of things waiting to explode inside of your body. I think you just got to work on it, clean it out and find it love it. Well, Tilly, thank you so much. I really appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the fact that you have made your breakthroughs and now I'm definitely curious about that jade egg and going to you know check out some exercises. That we all need. We all need. Never too late to learn. That's what I say. And I know there's going to be some comments. So, joyfoundhere.com is where you want to put them all. We read everything. And this is a five-star review, is all I'm going to say. Spotify, Apple, five stars. Listen, if you think you're going to put four on there, save it for next time. No, don't even bother. We appreciate the effort, but five, five is all I'm going to say. Thank you. Your support. It just means the world to us. We are entering our third year of just talking and bringing it to you and keep your comments coming. And we're just going to keep finding the people and teaching us as we go on. So until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.